best friends and introverts. Welcome back to the You're So Quiet podcast, or welcome if you're joining us for the very first time. As always, I am your host, Chelsea Brown. This week, I wanted to talk about coming out as a queer woman, what that has looked like for me, as well as discuss some kind of misconceptions about queer people in quote-unquote straight-passing relationships. The phrase straight-passing is a little gross to me, but we're going to get into it. But first, we're going to do our mental health check. As always, you're going to rate your mental health from one to five, one being horrible, five being amazing. Today, I am sitting at about a four, feeling pretty good. It is house cleaning week, which is always stressful because it's like cleaning the house in addition to all my work stuff, but it's also kind of satisfying. Having the house clean is really nice and I like being like, oh, I did that, you know? I don't know. It's weird. It's growing on me. Um, I went out, shockingly, left the house, went to hang out at a Starbucks with my friend, and then afterwards we went to a scary movie. We saw The Boogeyman. It was actually, it was actually pretty, pretty okay. It wasn't great. It wasn't like the best movie I've ever seen, but I think it's worth a watch. I think it's like kind of spooky and I'm kind of, as we get into summer, I feel like I get more into my my spooky vibes. So yeah, Boogeyman was pretty good. Went out with a friend, which is good. And I'm going out again, big shocker, tomorrow with my friend tomorrow night. So I will report back next week on how that went. I have also, if you listened last week, you know that I have been feeling pretty impulsive lately and I really want to get my ears pierced. I have like four piercings I want to get right now and I am dying to do them, but I have not done it. I have not. I'm doing great uh, because next week I have my neurology appointment and I will find out if they want to get scans of my head. And if they do, I would have to take out my piercings too early. It would be a whole thing and I'm trying to be responsible. Okay, so if they don't want any scans, next week, catch me with new ear piercings. <laughs> I've also plotted out my next book. I never plot. If you are a longtime listener of the podcast, you know that I am a pantser, which means I write like by the seat of my pants. I never plot anything. I might know what the end is going to be. I might know some plot points, but I do not plot. So I plotted out my book, which I thought was going to be really complicated, but... I got this little app called Padlet and they have different templates for like timelines and different templates for character sheets and stuff. So I did all my characters, I did my plotting and I'm feeling very good about it. I feel like I am ready to start writing the thing, like get beyond chapter three and I know exactly where I'm going, which is kind of good for this because I have so many characters I do need to keep track of everybody and make sure that no one kind of falls through the cracks so I think it's going to be good I'm really excited it is an ambitious project and I have heard that from some of my writerly friends telling me that it is very ambitious and maybe too ambitious and large casts are difficult and I know but I'm me so I can do it I'm not I'm not concerned about it I'm still waiting to hear back from the queries for my other books, so we'll just see what happens. But in the meantime, I'm just going to keep cranking out books, and one of these things is going to get picked up by a publisher and is going to be picked up by Netflix, and I can't wait for y'all to see. 
Don't forget that this mental health check is not only for me to tell you how I'm doing, but it's for you to check in on yourself and actually rate your mental health from one to five. Again, one being horrible, five being amazing. No matter how you feel, it's fine. I think sometimes we just get really judgmental of ourselves, thinking that we should feel better or maybe we shouldn't feel as good as we feel given maybe a certain traumatic event is happening in your life right now. But you can feel exactly how you want to feel right? And you don't need to tell anyone. You can just tell yourself. If nothing else, we should always be honest with ourselves because at the end of the day, we are our longest relationship. While you are thinking about that, I'm going to give you my recs for this week. The first one is a food one. I haven't done a food one yet, I don't think, but these chips, okay, I'm a chip girly. I love a good chip, salty chips. I love a Funyun, barbecue, flaming Hot Cheetos. Like, I like strong flavor chips. So, Ruffles has flaming Hot barbecue chips. flaming Hot and barbecue together. They are so good. They're so good. Originally, they were a limited time. It was some basketball player who, someone's screaming at me. They're like, some basketball player. I don't know his name. He is on the, you know, the front of the chip bag. And I could just go look, but I'm not going to. Um, You can look when you go buy these chips. Anyway, some basketball player came up with this combination. And I would like to personally thank that basketball player. Although I do not remember your name, your chips are genuinely the best chips I have had in a very long time. This calls back to when chip companies used to use a ton of flavor. Like Takis, Takis are the only chip that uses a ton of their flavor powder. And sometimes the Taki powder is a little bit overwhelming. Not so with these barbecue flaming Hot chips. They are so good. So if you like either barbecue or flaming Hot things, I highly, highly recommend this chip. It is a good snack chip. It's a good road trip chip. Just trust me on this and go get some. And hopefully if more people buy them, they will not be limited time and I will not have to gorge myself on them every time they're released every few years. And that's, no one wants that. I would like for them to be a staple. Okay, the next thing I'm going to recommend for you is a TV show. I love a good coming of age show. I love reality TV, obviously. But coming of age, there's just something like nice and easy about it. The drama is always low stakes. Like it's, I like it. So if you watched To All the Boys I Loved Before on Netflix, This show is a spinoff called XO Kitty, and it's about the little sister of Laura Jean in To All the Boys I Loved Before, who goes to Korea to go to school. This show is so sweet. I love Kitty as the main character. She was funny in the original show. She's funnier in this one. She's kind of coming into herself. She's starting to date. She's getting her first kiss. Like, it's all very like new and nostalgic feeling from when you were a child, a younger teen or whoever might be listening, when you're early teens, I guess, and going to have your first kiss and starting to date people for the first time. Like it's all very exciting. So I really like the show. We binged it in like two or three days. They're really short. I mean, I say really short. They're like half an hour episodes, which in today's world when everything is literally an hour long per episode, I love a good half hour episode. So if you're looking for like a nice, easy watch that's also compelling, 
that show is very good. And I think it actually might have been renewed for a second season. If not, they did set it up for a second season, but it still closes out nicely. Okay, and the final thing I'm going to recommend for you guys, and this is going to contradict my previous recommendation, but I would recommend limiting screen time. I know this is not groundbreaking information. However, I, for some reason, past couple weeks have been wanting to read more, like read physical books. I've been wanting to write more. I've been wanting to just do things outside and whatever, but I haven't been watching as much TV. I haven't been playing video games and I'm just kind of going with it. And what I think is interesting is that my overall mental health does seem a lot better, especially because I'm not really spending as much time on social media. I may or may not be a person who, when I wake up, the first thing I do is check Instagram. For what? Like, I, the only person that is sending me reels on Instagram is my husband, like 85 of them, and one of my friends. Like, those are the only people who are messaging me on there. I don't really post on my personal Instagram very often, so the likelihood of a comment popping up, pretty, pretty unlikely. But I just want to see what everyone else is doing. I'm just curious. But I've found that over time, I just get kind of dependent on checking my phone and like scrolling through Instagram and scrolling through TikTok and losing two hours to stupid TikTok videos. And I just haven't been doing that lately. And I feel like my mental health is better. It's not like my mental health was bad before, but I just feel more motivated and clearer headed more clear-headed. I don't know. You know what I mean. But yeah, I would, I mean, even if one day a week you're like, I'm not going to check my social media accounts, I promise you that by the end of that day, you're going to feel so inspired to do whatever it is that you are passionate about. I am inspired to write my book, even though it's going to be like hard work. I'm inspired to do it. So limit your screen time, see what happens. Not groundbreaking, but maybe life-changing. Okay, so with all of that behind us, we are going to get into the meat of the episode. This episode is called I'm Coming Out, but I've been out for a while. However, <laughs> I, I've i publicly come out like on social media. I've come out to everyone in my life, um, or at least people in my life where it's come up. I haven't really I don't know. I just don't make it into a thing. And I'm kind of thinking about that a lot lately, especially because I'm seeing a lot of rhetoric about people in straight passing relationships. I am married to a man, so I am in what's called a straight passing relationship. I don't look queer, but I am. Okay, so let's start from the beginning. And the beginning for me is seventh grade when I developed a crush on my best friend. Her name was Brianna. I've talked about her before and I still think about her sometimes. But at the time, I was like, no, I definitely don't have a crush on a girl. Like, I cannot have a crush on a girl. That's so stupid. I like boys. And the thing is, is that I do like boys, but I also like girls and I also like non-binary people and trans people. So, I came out as bisexual. Now, that is the word that I identified best with because that to me felt like, okay, this is who I am. Over time though, 
because my sexuality is not limited necessarily to a binary, which is not to say that bisexual means binary, but that's kind of the impression that I associate with the word. I was like, okay, well, I'm pansexual. Pansexual is, it sounds to me like a more broad reaching term than bisexual. I'm like, all right, cool. I'm pansexual. But over the past, I'll say several months, I've been thinking about my sexuality a lot. And I don't feel like pansexual is the word for me. Like, I don't feel like that's the label for me. And I feel like the word queer fits me the best because it's not, it's not necessarily based on my perception of the word. My perception of bisexual sounds more like binary, even though I know that it's not. And that's not me. Pansexual is like for everybody. You're interested in everybody, no matter their sex, their gender, etc. But that doesn't really fit me either. I feel like calling myself a queer woman is the closest I have felt to feeling like, yes, that's what I am. And so talking about coming out, I came out a few years ago and I've come out multiple times since then, kind of revising my, the terminology that I use to describe my sexuality. And so I guess I'm coming out again <laughs> because I'm identifying more with the term queer lately. And I wanted to talk about how sexuality is a spectrum, right? It is not linear and it is not set. Because I grew up in a more conservative environment, bisexual might have sounded fine to me at the time, no matter what my perception of the word is, incorrect though it may be. And so as I became more knowledgeable, I'm like, okay, well, I don't really identify very well with that word anymore. Let me try this one on. Like, okay, well, pansexual, I'll try that. And as I learn more about myself and learn more about the world, I'm like, well, pansexual doesn't really fit me either. Okay, here's the thing. I'm a writer, okay? You know this. I talk about it all the time. So therefore, words to me matter. Labels matter. Even though I know a lot of people don't like labels. To me, I love a label. I like to know exactly what something is, which is why I've revised what I call myself so many times. And honestly, I might revise it again if there's another word that I'm like, oh, okay, I like that one better. Or if I want to revert back to bisexual or if I want to revert back to pansexual. I do want to tell you that all of that is okay. You can label yourself however you want or not at all. Labels are only as important as you want them to be. So if you want a label, pick one, anyone. You can always change it. And it's not just the label that can change. You might think that you're bisexual or pansexual. And then as you get older, you're like, okay, well, I think I'm, I'm gay. Like I, I just, I'm not into the same sex or the same gender as me. Okay, that's fine. Sexuality, again, is fluid. It is a spectrum. It can change, often does change many times throughout someone's life. And there's this, I don't know, societal expectation that once you come out, you're like, I am bisexual. They're like, all right, you're bisexual for the rest of your life. Uh, no, maybe I'm not. Maybe I choose a different label or maybe I decide that I'm not bisexual. 
maybe I was bi-curious and I, I've actually decided that I'm heterosexual. Any of those things is fine. We don't need to, it's not, it doesn't have to be that serious, right? You don't have to be placed in a box. And if you want to place yourself in a box, that's fine. But that doesn't mean that that's your box forever. You know what I mean? So what I really wanted to get discussed today, besides my differing labels, is this misconception about bisexual people or pansexual people who enter into a heterosexual relationship. There is this misconception that if you enter into a heterosexual relationship, you are now heterosexual. You have picked a side, quote unquote. I've literally heard that phrase. You've picked a side. And gross. That's gross. Okay. Me being in a relationship with a man does not erase my identity, right? I am a queer woman. I am attracted to all sexes and genders. Just kind of depends on the person. And that does not change based on who is my partner. However, there is something called straight passing privilege. And what that means is that for myself, I am in what appears to be a heterosexual relationship. Therefore, I am not targeted for overt acts of homophobia, for example. That doesn't really enter into my life very often unless I openly say I'm a queer woman, right? Then everyone knows. But looking at my relationship, not everyone knows that I'm queer. And this is complicated because while I cannot say that this isn't privilege, because it is, I typically do not have to worry about homophobia directed at me in public, right? I'm with a man, so people will assume that I'm a straight woman, but this can lead to feelings of erasure or even self-erasure. What I mean by that is that, again, people assuming that you're straight because you're in a heterosexual relationship might make you as the queer or bisexual or pansexual person believe that, okay, well, I'm not really those things then. Like, I must be straight. And so you're, you end up erasing part of your identity. I will say this again. I am not not queer because I happen to be in a relationship with a man. This is also true in some areas of the LGBTQIA plus community in which some believe that someone in a straight passing relationship isn't gay enough to belong in the community. So not only are these, these views incorrect, but they're damaging to someone in my position. My identity does not change because of someone else's view of me, but how I'm treated in the community does change, which causes a kind of dissonance with regards to my identity. Let me give you an example, because I know this is a really complex topic. I, for my last book, I wrote a queer ghost kind of story. The main character is a queer character. She identifies as bisexual. And, like, that's just part of who she is in the story. 
I participated in Twitter pitch events. In a pitch event, you use different hashtags to kind of denote what category your writing falls into. So for example, if it's targeted toward an adult audience, that's hashtag A for adult. If it is a horror book, it would be hashtag H. If you are writing from the perspective of a marginalized community, for example, people of color or people in the LGBTQIA community, you would use the hashtag own, O-W-N, which means own voices. So as I am preparing my pitches for this event, I typed out hashtag O-W-N and I'm like, okay, but am I like queer enough to use this? Because I'm in a heterosexual relationship and like I'm not dating a woman and I'm actually actively married to a man. Like, am I queer enough to do this? And the answer obviously is yes, I am. But in the moment, it was not obvious to me because of this straight passing relationship that I have. It can create this idea in my head like, okay, well, I guess I'm not queer anymore. Like I just picked a side because this is the rhetoric that I'm hearing everywhere. Is it accurate? No, it's not. And I'm also thinking about people I know that are in the LGBTQIA plus community who are, for example, out gay men or out lesbians or non-binary people, etc. And they're all like out about this and just loud about it. And I'm not as loud about my sexuality. And I think I'm not as loud about it because I feel some level of imposter syndrome. Because I am not in a non-straight passing relationship, I feel like maybe I don't belong in this community. So when I'm thinking about the label that I choose to give myself, it is important to me. Because although I don't feel that I belong, it's really no one in the community's fault, right? No one has told me you don't belong here. But I do have this weirdly ingrained belief that I am not gay enough because I'm in a heterosexual relationship. This leads me back to just coming out in general. This is also why I didn't come out. I didn't have like this big coming out story. I really couldn't tell you. Actually, I know exactly... (laughs) I know exactly how I came out to my mom. Totally in passing. I'll just tell you. So we're in Barnes and Noble and we're looking for a book. And I on I don't remember what comment she said, but it was about relationships or something. I'm like walking behind her and I'm like, well, yeah, I like girls too. And she's like, okay. And that was that. Like it was not like this big, I have to tell you something. I, I'm bisexual. Like, it wasn't anything like that. But because I didn't come out like that, that also kind of contributes to this imposter syndrome that I feel. Because I didn't come out and tell all my friends that, hey, I'm bisexual, FYI. Oh, also, I think maybe I'm pansexual instead, just like the term better. Actually, I think I'm queer instead. I just like that term better. Like, I haven't done that, you know? And it makes me feel weird about my identity. I have a friend who actually did not know my sexuality until I talked about it on the podcast for the first time. And she was upset with me. Understandably so. She's like, 
I feel like as your friend, like I should know that before the world does. I'm like, you know what? You're right. But I genuinely did not even, it did not cross my mind, did not cross my mind to tell my friends, like to tell each of my friends, like, hey, FYI, I'm queer. Like, just so you know, did not cross my mind. And even now I'm like, do I tell people, like, do I give people the PSA? Like, hey, I'm queer. Like, I want to go by that instead of pansexual. I don't know. But I'm also trying to be very comfortable in the fact that I just don't know. I'm not sure how this works. And I don't think anyone knows how this works. There is no right way to come out. There's no wrong way to come out. You need to do exactly what feels comfortable for you. For me, like, it just kind of came up in conversation with people. If it comes up in conversation, I'm not ashamed of who I am. I'm not going to lie. I'm not going to hide who I am. But I'm also just not going to come out and say it very often, you know? And while I do feel that that is due to the imposter syndrome, I think that that imposter syndrome maybe does cultivate shame in me. I say I'm not ashamed of who I am, but maybe I'm not proud either. Maybe I don't know how to be proud of who I am yet. And I think that's okay. I think just generally as people, we are constantly learning about ourselves and constantly changing. And change is okay. Change means growth. So for me to even identify like maybe I'm not proud, like that's okay for me to feel that way. I do need to journal a little bit and understand why it is that I don't feel proud. Is it because of my more conservative upbringing? Maybe. Is it because of my relationship and relationships that I've had in the past? I don't know. I don't know. But no matter how I feel, it's fine. So if you're listening to this and you're like, I never really came out or I want to come out, but I'm not sure if I should because I'm in a straight passing relationship and just feels weird. Genuinely do whatever feels good to you. If you want to tell all your friends and family hey, I'm gay, I'm queer, I'm bisexual, I'm asexual, like whatever it is, if you want to tell them, tell them. If you don't want to tell them, you don't have to. And I don't look at myself as closeted. I'm not closeted. I'm not lying about who I am. If someone asks like, hey, are you like into girls? I'm like, yeah, okay. And I'm not closeted. But maybe you are. And I feel like in the community, in the LGBT community, being closeted is seen as a bad thing. Like you're not out, you're not proud. Like, okay, we all have our journey. You know, maybe your journey is just starting. Maybe you don't know how to come out yet. Maybe you don't know how to express yourself yet. All of this is fine. We are all just kind of figuring it out, you know? And what I don't want you to do is to let anyone make you feel bad about who you are or your choices. You know, I chose not to come out like that. It's fine, honestly. And although, again, it does contribute to my imposter syndrome, I do have to look at it from a place of empathy for myself. I'm just kind of figuring this out as I go. Like, I don't, <laughs> I don't know what I'm doing. I have no idea what the hell I'm doing 98% of the time. So I'm just giving it a shot. I am trying out stuff and seeing if it sticks. 
And if it does, great. If it doesn't, all right, I'll try something else. Learning is okay. Changing is okay. On that note, on that very, I don't know, maybe chaotic note, we are about at the end of our time together this week. Thank you so much for joining me as always. And thank you for helping me celebrate pride a little bit and helping me, I guess, build some pride in myself because, you know, I'm pretty cool. If you like what you hear and you want to hear more, please consider leaving a rating and or review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Don't forget to subscribe to the show so you don't miss an episode. You can also follow the podcast Instagram and TikTok at your so quiet pod, Y-O-U-R-E, so quiet pod. That's where I'm going to keep you up to date with all of our episodes and all the questions you can answer to be featured on future episodes. I will talk to you next week. Okay, love you. Bye.